The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This, this podcast, podcast is brought to you by Dragon Shield. Shield. Check out the affiliate link down below to help support the show glow in the dark deck boxes down below use the code this deck box glows and uh signed halloween playmats also find them below welcome to the play to win podcast where we talk about winning in cedh i'm cam i'm dylan Uh, i'm tyler we're doing, it's spooky. It's you know? spooky. Yeah, it's Halloween. That was your that was your spooky. Yeah, that's as spooky as I get. <laughs> honestly, okay. nice, awesome. Well, we we're crushing it already. Well, <laughs> we got a fun idea for the podcast today. We're gonna try to figure out what the spookiest decks are in CEDH. The scariest decks. The sp- oh yes, I guess there is a difference between spooky and scary. Can so, you articulate uh, that for me? Yes. So spooky means spooky is like the overall look and the aesthetic of the commander. So that would be something like the Mimeoplasm or Brago, right? They're scary elements that are ghostly or they have some kind of other ghoulish nature, right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas a scary commander. Ghoulish. <laughs> Whereas a scary commander is a commander that you sit across from and you go, oh my ah. god, this this deck's really powerful. I'm, I could lose the game. I got to focus in on this deck or I'm going to lose the game. All my interactions got to go to this deck or I'm going to lose the game. Okay, so one causes fright. Yes. Yeah, yeah. these are like like the best decks in CEDH, really. Yeah. Okay. The fright-causing decks. Yes. I like that phrasing. You play against the deck and you're like, I know this deck is good. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah. So we're not judging them based off aesthetic. Also, I thought what might be fun is we have a list of 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 9, 10, and Cameron will give us a list uh, deck, and we have to place it before we know any of the others. We have to place it like permanently. That's why we're using Sharpies. That's why we're using Sharpies. Permanent markers. Yeah, permanent <laughs> exactly. Sharpie markers. Yeah, that's what these are. Now, we have more than 10 decks that we're going to talk about. So you do have two decks that you can say aren't scary, and you don't have to put on the list. But... There'll be like your honorable mentions, but you'll have no idea what comes next. Here's how I started: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. So, so yeah. So, so I you would could do like this. You could do Roman numerals. You could do whatever. Yeah, you could do numbers in any language you want to do. Really, I really am yeah, not interested could, in making it that hard. If there's any other city that you want to do numerals, don't you have for, to be able to read these? That's why I don't have the whiteboard and I'm not <laughs> participating. I'm gonna do the real list. Yeah, my objectively correct opinion is going to be the real scariest list that's how we're going to compare that's we're going to see whose is right it's who's closest to cameron's objectively correct scariest list that he's making as we go which already looking at these decks it's really hard to know which one of these is at the top and bottom it's a very tight list here great i'm glad that this will be it's totally legitimate fact, and there will be no discussion. There won't be any discussion. No, this is going to be a <laughs> silent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So you just say the deck, and then we ponder silently. Yep. That's I'm scary. not going to even That's tell scary. anyone what the answers are that you right. guys The viewers give. are just going to hear, you read a deck, and then minutes on end of silence, and then at the end, we'll hold up our list. Yeah, I like that. That sounds great. That yeah. sounds scary. Yes, that does sound rather scary. I'm <laughs> terrified about how this is going to go all of a sudden. Excellent. Nice. Okay. So do you guys want the first deck? I'm so ready. All oh, right. yeah. So the first deck that uh, we're going to throw out there is Atraxa, Grand Unifier. Ooh, okay. This is the new Atraxa. I'm, I'll take some time to... Uh, I feel like we need to see pictures of them, too, to... Right. Well, everyone else is seeing pictures of them right we now. We have to post them in our they're, right, they're right there. They're right yeah. there. Oh. Yeah. yeah, everyone else is seeing but them. But remember also, we are scared based on the ability of the deck, not really the art or the spookiness of the card. Oh, so we are doing scariness. We are spookiness. Doing, no, 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 this is not spooky. Oh, that was yeah. probably unclear. Ooh. We are doing scariest. Or at least we, I'm doing scariest. You could do spookiest. I'm going to do scariest. Uh, I'm doing right. scariest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds, yeah. That sounds fine. So our first card is Atraxa Grand Unifier. This is three, a green, a white, a blue, and a black for a Phyrexian Angel 7-7 seven, seven with Flying, Vigilance, Death Touch, and Lifelink. And when it enters the battlefield, you reveal the ten, top ten cards of your library. And for each card type, you can put a card from that type among the revealed cards into your hand and put the rest on the bottom. This is known for going infinite with cards like Food Chain, working very well with, like, Displacer Kitten. Uh, this card is seeing a ton of play in top tournaments and doing super well, making top 16s in these large player events, too. I'm going to... Do you want me to start off, or do you want to go? Do you have something? Oh, we're doing... I thought, what happened to saying nothing and then doing it at the end? Oh, yeah, shit. that yeah, was... So, so, so I was I, thinking we could actually say yeah, a few So I called the it. network, and they said that was a bad idea, <laughs> and we had to compromise a little bit. So we are going to do something. It's the network. It's the executive over there. It's Jack and yes, Jill. It's Jack the dogs. and Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we already put Jack to sleep. Atraxa has been doing a lot recently in tournaments. I am not, honestly, I'm not super afraid of this deck. Seven mana just feels so much for it to cast. I feel like more often than not, I don't see Atraxa do a ton, honestly. I give it, a, it's 10. It's number 10 you on my list. You put that at the you number 10 spot. It's the least 10. scariest thing I could I see. I have placed it at number six. Number six, okay. Though I probably would have placed it lower before I saw two of them at the um, the top, table, top four table at uh, Columbus and... I don't know. That was a reminder that Atraxa can both win very fast, but also does a very good job in four-color good stuff of just being able to play the long game, considering that there's just a giant payoff where if you get to the long game and you find the window, like you just get to cast Atraxa. Yeah. I, to be honest, I maybe um, am lowering, maybe valuing this a little bit too low. I played this deck for a little while, and I just I felt I could never get Atraxa out. It could be my small sample size, but... Uh, my experience is this deck is not all it's cracked up to and me. I feel, and I feel like if you're not playing Atraxa and casting Atraxa, what's the point of playing Atraxa? There's, like, better decks that you could be doing in, like, these Esper colors. This is really Esper Shell splashing green. Yeah. That's all this really is. And, like, you could be doing this or you could be doing Tivit. And I feel like Tivit is just a little bit more consistent than Atraxa. So I can understand why it's not super high in the list so far. I actually I switched my Atraxa deck into a Tivit deck basically for that exact reason. Is it felt like it was just the green wasn't necessary and six mana is so much less than seven mana. Four pips is really hard. Although I think it's a lot different, though, if you are able to cast Atraxa consistently. Because I know, Dylan, you personally didn't have a lot of luck with this. But I've played against Atraxa decks where they just... 
just like get one Atraxa off of Jeweled Lotus and then they don't really have anything else going on. But that one cast of Atraxa gets them like a bunch of fast mana, a phantasmal image, and it really starts to spin them into something. And like then all of a sudden they accidentally win the game. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It Maybe is a I'm four just unlucky. No, it is a four color pile. I mean, it's a big grouping of good spells. It's going to win games for sure. For me, just not that scary. But maybe I'm wrong. I already locked it in. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. You can't you can't change anything then. Yeah. I almost kind of want to throw something to make you feel bad about putting that at the number 10 oh, spot, but no. I'm not going to change the list. Okay. All right. The next deck. This. <laughs> yeah, right. Sit this. All right. The next deck is going to be Najila. Ooh, okay. Najila, Najila. Oh boy, I hope you don't get a copyright claim. This is another deck that I feel like um, I should read because I'm I'm trying to get into the habit of reading the commanders, the commanders a little bit more. We're gonna read Najila. Should we? I love it. No, yeah. Some people definitely don't know what it does. I read Atraxa. I feel That's like true, you maybe did. Keep I Keep it should. going. I like it. Yeah. We We're gonna for two in a red. This is a legendary creature, human warrior. I'll I'll like summarize them. <laughs> <laughs> She's a 3-2, and whenever a warrior attacks, you get a 1-1 one, one for each attacking warrior that's tapped and attacking. And then for Wuberg, all attacking creatures get untapped. They gain a bunch of abilities, and you get a new untapped phase and then the attacking triggers the attacking <laughs> creatures can attack i think if you read it it would have been faster <laughs> probably but oh boy we just had a tournament uh at cloud city and there were a couple of Najila players there was a pod with two Najila players where they just agreed to give each other the warriors because it's whenever a warrior attacks it's not oh, you God. control so the Najila's just got way out of hand that's silly and really doesn't happen often and probably shouldn't happen. I don't know if that's the best bet, but if you can, if you're on the play and you get him first, maybe it is. If you can maybe convince if you, if you the other one. If you have Massacre Worm in hand, then man. Why do you have Massacre Ooh. Worm in your deck? I don't know, but. For me, well, I said first last time. Tyler, how scary is Najila? All right. I have Najila at five. I think it's probably higher for most people, but I will say I think Kinnon is good against this, so I'm sort of skewed a little um, lower on Najila because um, I feel like Najila's um, backup plan, which is kind of the longer game plan of like finding a way to just generate warriors and go, um, is just not scary to a Kinnon deck at all. I usually don't feel like I struggle that much against Najila, but they can win out of nowhere. So Yeah, I put Najila at three um, just because I feel like Najila is one that I have historically kind of like also underrated a little bit and I'm punished every time I do that because every time I think like, oh, Najila's been killed twice and they don't have a lot of stuff going on and, and then I forget that, oh, they're just still a demonic consultation, that Zorical list with yeah. all five colors worth of tutors. Like they can still win out of nowhere very easily and their distraction of like, look at me, here's some tokens works really well. So I have to remind myself, Najila is fucking scary. It's five color good stuff. Yeah, I am currently underrating Najila, but that's because I haven't played against a lot of lists that have won tournaments and play like super fast ad nauseum and have gone that turbo route so i think that's really the direction to go if you do want to do super well with Najila and really make this the scariest deck that it can be ad nauseum all right we're gonna move on rogsai rograk silas rograk is a zero mana zero one with a bunch of keyword abilities uh evergreen abilities is what they actually are and then silas ren is one a zero and a Nope. Silas Run is one a blue and a black for a 2-2 with Death Touch. It's an artifact creature, and when it deals combat damage to a player, you get to put an artifact from your graveyard back into your hand. That part doesn't really matter, but hilariously, the, with the addition of Mount Doom in this list, having an extra 
uh, thing that you can sacrifice with Mount Doom to do the ability in Silas because it's an artifact, like as legendary artifact specifically. That's that's kind of fun and neat, I think. But that that's actually is does, kind of right? interesting. Yeah. <laughs> huh. For me, Grixis is always going to be scary. I'm always going to think like in the dark. Whichever deck is playing Grixis is secretly probably the best deck or closest to Grixis. I just that's how I weigh the colors of the format. Uh, and Roxa, I think, just does it the best, and it's the fastest. So for me, it's like I maybe will think of differently about my mulligans if I know I'm playing against Roxai. So that's very scary. I gave it a two. You put Roxai way up at two. I was I wasn't sure if there's going to be a one. Roxai might should be a one. Maybe, that is interesting because one, one yeah, rock size a one. I think I might be wrong. Well, from, You're I, a kidden player. Again, yeah, <laughs> uh, like I need the game to go long to win. Not not just as a kidden player. Like this is also just how I am as a player. Like I do much better in the long game, and this is a deck that does not ever want to see the long game for the most part, but can also sit back and just like present win after win. Um, I have also mulliganed like to to relatively specific hands that I felt like would be able to deal with rock side decks, and then still lost like it just <laughs> i don't know it, it is capable of presenting so many wins so quickly i just i really struggled to play against this deck yeah honestly after you saying that i feel like i should have put this as one because roxai is i i think it's i don't know if it's the best deck in the format but maybe it is the scariest i think i fucked up it's definitely way up there in terms of scariness can it's, i change mine can i move mine to one no, no it's too late no, Permanent it's Parker. too late you Fuck. already put it in at two all right it's locked and in. you explained why it was at two yeah that's true and it's, it's over i'm, it's I'm done late, for. yeah the deck is scary though scary good that's why i have it built that's why i want to play it because i have to understand how it wins so i can understand how the fuck to beat it because it wins a lot don't forget you guys do have two slots for decks that aren't scary too that you have to remember so i will remember keep that in mind as well keep that in mind as well okay uh do we want to do we have anything else to say about ragsai nothing for me great all right let's move on uh the next deck that we're going to talk about then is kinnon oh Kinnon Bonder Prodigy is a green and a blue for a legendary creature human druid 2-2 uh, that says when you tap a non-land permanent for mana, add one mana of any type that permanent produced. And then for five, a green and a blue, you can look at the top five cards of your library and put a non-human into play from there. It, this card's nuts. We've seen Tyler do awesome shenanigans with this deck. We've seen a lot of people in tournaments pull a lot of shenanigans with this deck. Yes, very, very true. Tyler, would you like to go first? Since this is your deck. I have placed Kinnon at eight. Eight. <laughs> you are trying to trick people. No. I mean. It's not that good. Don't worry. Again, I mean, this is from a, a personal perspective to to the extent that, like, how how scared am I to see Kinnon? Not that scared. Um, I, you know, sometimes it's just going to get there, but um, Kinnon, other Kinnon decks also want the game to go long. And since I'm almost always playing Kinnon, I am usually down for that. And I, I would like to think that in most instances, because I've just played the deck so long, we draw roughly equal cards like i might still be able to get there um against the cannon plus there's a lot of um there's a lot of like on board plan like you know what i mean it, there's a lot less hidden information in a cannon deck than than many decks so i just i don't i don't think it's that scary really I so I have Kinnon at four with an asterisk, and the asterisk is because the Kinnon that I play a lot is piloted by Tyler, and I feel like Tyler pilots Kinnon pretty well. And when I play against other Kinnons, I don't find it as scary. I feel like there's ways to exploit it that maybe I just I know how to play against the deck, so I see those ways very clearly in other pilots, and they don't know how I play or what. I think on a regular pilot, I would probably take it down a couple notches. But since I see it with Tyler often, Kinnon, I lose to this deck so fucking much. If it's not my fourth scariest deck, I don't know what it is. So. <laughs> see, that, that's I'm funny. Very that's funny. <laughs> so I will say for me, like, this one is is pretty high for me. Not only because, again, I play against a very good Kinnon player all the time, but 
it also is a very pod dependent deck for me that True. also really depends on how scared I am because the more stack stacks that there are in the pod, I mean, even if there's one stack stack in the pod and it's usually not me, I'm like never playing stacks. Yeah. So if there's one of us in the pod and then the Kinnon deck's there, I automatically am much more afraid of that Kinnon deck because bet between Rule of Law and like a lot of the other cards that the decks that I tend to like to play suffer to play under, Kinnon does really well to play under so it definitely makes me a lot more weary to be looking out for what my opponents are doing probably more so than any other deck i play against it's strange how like pod composition really dictates i just saw you spill all over your shirt i'm sorry yeah, i'm glad you started talking <laughs> I so that i could cut away from myself <laughs> sorry no look see it see it I don't yeah. know why that was funny. It's here. Um, Zoom in. Enhance. So, Enhance. <laughs> pod, it's, it's funny how pod composition uh, matters so much on whether a deck is scary or not. Like if I am in, like you said, a deck, a pod with a lot of stacks, commanders, and a Kinnon, I'm much more afraid of Kinnon than if I'm in a pod full of a bunch of four-color decks and Kinnon, then I'm a little bit less scared of Kinnon. Yeah, so it, exactly. it is pod dependent. I think that's right. Can I say yeah. um, in the, the tournament, the play-to-win tournament that we just played yeah. um, at Cloud City, we had one game where there was a very early Draneth. I cast a copy of Draneth very early and then there was a Douthy and the Douthy got copied and at that moment I was like I think I'm in the best position I could possibly be in like yeah I, I just don't like you know this deck thrives under under multiple stacks as long as it's not fucking Graft Trigger's Cage yeah not that one and it's also it's a lot it reminds me a lot like Tron like if you slow Tron down and you kill the lands in modern eventually they're just gonna get to six mana and cast a Worm Coil Engine if you don't kill them quickly that's how Kinnon is like you can shut Kinnon off but eventually you're just gonna play your sixth and seventh land and start dropping big creatures you know what sixth I mean and eight, third and fourth land and <laughs> you have mana rocks i know but like even i'm saying even right. if they do shut you off okay. if they take kinnon out if you don't have the ways to make extra mana eventually you'll hit enough mana to just cast consecrated sphinx the old-fashioned way do you know what i mean yeah so 100%. they have to put the clock on you as well as pressure you so it's 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 difficult to beat no they don't don't listen to it <laughs> there are two cards in particular that are exceptionally scary that kinnon plays that like no other deck plays and that are yes i hate seeing that card come up and just perplexing chimera just because it's a headache that's yeah. the only reason so like no other decks play those so like i i don't know i think i think i'm gonna have this a little bit higher than maybe a lot of others are but remember mine is the objectively correct list bingo at that's the right. end yeah. so yeah all right we're gonna talk about kenrith the returned okay. king next so kenrith is one white mana and four regular generic mana for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature You're going to remember all of these abilities? I'm going to remember all of them because the red mana, for a red mana, all creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. Um, I've liked that with Dothy Voidwalker sometimes. That's kind of funny. Uh, for a one green and a colorless, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. For a white and two colorless, you can gain five life or target player gains five life. For three and a blue... Target player draws a card, and for four and a black, you can return a creature from a battlefield to its owner's control in play. From a graveyard to the battlefield. I hope that's what I said. That's perfect. Yeah, I'm sure you said it 100% right. I'm sure that I did, too. I don't think I know how to spell Kenrith. Are there two N's? No, I think there's just one N, Kenrith. Kenny has two N's, though. I'm ready to go. Kenrith is... Pretty good, but for some reason, it doesn't scare me quite as much. It just, I feel like it needs a little bit more stuff to get going. It needs, um, like, a, a training ground, or it needs other things, whereas the other ones are a little bit 
like Najila is like another version that's just much easier to cast. So for me, I gave Kenrith a seven. I think Kenrith is very good. It's definitely one of the best decks in the format, but for some reason, most of the time when I play Kenrith, they feel almost unfocused. There's so many things that you can do with Kenrith. Um, it's hard for it to get a specialty. And since it thrives so much in the late game and oftentimes doesn't do a ton in the early game, I'm not like outwardly scared of it. So I give it a seven. So I feel like that's what's scary about it is that you have no idea what it's doing. So like you always got to be on your toes or it's going to win in a way that you totally weren't prepared to deal with. You might be right. I mean, Kenrith is very much assemble infinite mana and then win. And like uh, if they're on the the like casting Kenrith for incremental value plan, like things are probably going poorly. Um, I have this as my first slot of a deck that is not scary. I am not scared of Ooh, Kenrith. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think Kinnon plays pretty well against Kenrith, especially um, now that I'm on more clones than I was before. Um, clones tend to work very well against Kenrith because you can like steal half of their combos a lot of it benefits you um so yeah this is just not a deck i'm scared of if i'm honest yeah i i agree with you it's just not a deck that i'm have just been super scared of for some reason i don't know then why'd you put it at seven dylan that's not super scary to me seven is not super scary i feel like there's, oh, there's okay. like there's so i feel like there's a couple other i don't know there's more decks that we're going to talk there about. There are a lot of other decks I'm that we're going to talk it about. Out. I'm, ex okay. I'm excited to see how this goes yeah. for the rest of this. Yeah. All right. The next deck that we're going to talk about is Crick. This is the exclusively uh, mono black commander that we're going to talk about here. Um, <laughs> what? what? what exclusively <laughs> mono, mono black. black. Exclusively black. Exclusively. <laughs> yeah. So Crick, Son of Yawgmoth is four and three Phyrexian black mana for a legendary creature, Horror Minion. It is a two-two with life link, and it says for each black in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. And whenever you cast a black spell, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. So this one is very scary. Like the art, Kirk is just like a scary guy, lots of spikes and stuff. But I'm not super terrified of this commander. Uh, realistically, it's probably one of the fastest commanders in the format. I would say it's the deck that. Most people on Twitter, when I asked, said that Kirk was the deck that would present the most turn one wins options. I think Kirk probably does do that. But Kirk can get blown over by a simple, gentle breeze. Anything at all, a little piece of removal, a touch of counterspell, anything will kind of make Kirk crumble. So for that reason, I gave it, uh, put it at nine. Above Atraxa, though. Still scarier than Atraxa. Still scarier than Atraxa. How about you? I don't want to show it. <laughs> I did something silly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wrote Kirik and then and then Cam said son of Yogmoth and I wrote S O Y as son of Yogmoth, but then since I wrote soy I had to write soy boy. <laughs> but I put him at four and soy boys are not supposed to be scary, so yeah. I'm really Whoa, confused yeah. over here. Holy cow. I fucked up, man. Yeah, I don't know what to think of your list all of a sudden. I don't get it but at I will all. say, so in seriousness, as I alluded to with Rogsai, very fast decks are scary to me, both as a player and as a Kinnon player. Um, it doesn't hurt that I play against a store owner who plays Kirik, who is just a very good player and like wins an awful lot like i just feel it's one of those players where you're just like he's been playing for you know probably 85 years and like every <laughs> single time you play against them you're just like i feel like an idiot yeah. Like, so yeah i 100 more scared of it than i should be probably you're right it folds to interaction but like they still you know they can present wins once they get shut down yeah so it never... is consistent Kirk mm -hmm. is is definitely consistent if you stop the turn one win turn two win is coming also so you have to stop that one too yep yeah that's very true you got to play a lot of bad cards in that deck. Yeah. A lot of... A lot of nuts. Lot I would of, say turn one wins are pretty rare. I would say yeah. you have to expect to stop a turn two win, and then there might also be a turn three win. Like, yeah. that's my But experience. that's like, that's the same level as Rogsai in that case, I would say. So that's not exclusive enough 
for I don't know. It's gonna be low on my list. I don't. I guess at this point I'm allowed because you guys have it locked in. I guess I'm allowed to spoil yeah. what some no, of my list no, is gonna be. I don't want to hear it either. I don't want to hear it either. Don't. All right. Well, I'm <laughs> gonna. La, 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 la. Do you say either or either? It depends. I think it's. I think it's kind of. How do you say either or either? I think if I'm starting a sentence with the word, I say either. But if it's in between somewhere, I say either. That and sounds I right. I don't think that's on purpose, but that seems. That seems like what I do. Either I'm going here or there. I'm going here. Either that or this. I don't know. Either, sorry. <laughs> I don't know either. Either at the end, definitely. Either I don't know. I, I don't know either. Is that is not how you say it? No, I would never say I don't know either. No way. But I might say either this or that at the beginning. You I know, think I would say either at the end if I was going to elongate the word, and I would say it like I don't know either, and like kind of. Oh, put, I don't know either. Is, is I don't. It's not. I don't know either. Neither. Do you mean? I don't know. Neither either. of you are right. <laughs> no, it's neither of you are oh, right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Carrick is not that scary. Now, how do you say this? Is this Crick or Carrick? I say, I think it's Carrick because there's an apostrophe. So it should represent a pause in the name. Carrick. Right? I think so. I don't say Carrick. Like you say it almost like with a U, but I say Carrick. Carrick. I feel like Kerr wouldn't be the first syllable because it's just a K and the K sound is K. Carrick. K. Maybe it's just Carrick. Carrick. Rick. Rick. His name's Rick. Ricky. Moving on. Ricky. Cricky over here. Crickety, Rick, Rickety Cricket. We need that altar badly. Yes. The <laughs> Rickety Cricket one. Rickety oh, Crick. Man. If you have that, please send it to us immediately. <laughs> just like a photo. You don't have to mail us the card. Yeah. But just, <laughs> I just want to see that. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, the next talk we're going to talk about is Tyam. Luminous Enigma. T-A-Y-A-M. Tyam. This is one, a white, and a black, and a green for a 3-3 Nightmare Beast. It says each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional Vigilance counter on it. And for three mana, you can remove three counters from among creatures you control. Actually, that's part of the cost. Three mana and removing the counters. Two, put the top three cards of your library into the graveyard, then return a permanent card with CMC three or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. I am putting Tyam at nine. Um, I think this is a deck that kind of bagged a, a bunch of wins for a minute there, but I think um, part of that is like people not understanding where the right interaction points against Tyam are, and I I think um, it's it has enough stuff like on board that if you know you need to interact with it, like you will often have the opportunity to before it really like gets going and and becomes unstoppable. So this is not one that I'm super scared of, but um, but I could be wrong. I think I've also played against. Um, some some time players who go slow enough that I feel like I'm going to be able to get into the late game, and that makes me less scared of it than maybe I should be. Yeah, for me, I have time at a six, although I'm not particularly scared of it, so maybe I should have put it a little bit lower. I'm just, I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Um, time has to play a lot of bad cards, uh, and that and that that stinks. That's always a good sign to me of like kind of like a deck that I don't mind playing against because they could draw the cards in the wrong order. But I also know that time can win out of nowhere, and not a lot of people know where to interact. And I am one of those people, so I am kind of scared of it. Um, I just think overall, 
there are just there are just going to be better decks. It's a six for me. My win percentage against Tyam is pretty in my favor, or at least my losing percentage is not in Tyam's favor. What I'll say f- it like what? that. <laughs> you I mean, lost that, like a e- even if I no, I I have lost a Tyam, but like if it's not me winning the games that the Tyams in the pod for it, most of the time might be someone else in the pod. Like there's the times that I've seen Tyam win significantly. There has to be a better way a better to say way what to you're say saying. This. Is. Yeah, I have. I've nope. seen time. <laughs> that's, that's I haven't seen time win lose. I've seen time lose a lot more than I've seen time win. Yeah, that's I know probably it's, true for every deck. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. It should be unless they're over fifty percent. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. For the most yeah. part. All right. Yeah. I guess I'm not saying anything spectacular over here. <laughs> No, I think it's spectacular. I, do. I don't know. For a deck that's won two tournaments, I'm certainly not as scared of it as I should be. That's a spectacular way to say all of that. Yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, tie. Uh, we just talked about that. I have to delete that one. Uh, let's talk about Timnacrom Blue Farm. Timnacrom Blue Farm. That's the next one that we're going to talk about. Timna is one, a white, and a black for a 2-2 with lifelink. It says at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn if you do draw three cards. And then Crown is a 4-4 flyer that costs three, a blue, and a red that lets you draw a card whenever your opponent casts their second spell. I wrote it as Blue Farm, though. I hear TNK more often now, but I, I put this as number two, mostly because this is one of the only decks, I think, in the format that can consistently outvalue a Kinnon deck in the long game, which makes it very scary to me. It has just so many powerful draw engines, um, and having two of those in the command zone makes it like really consistently able to sit back and play control. I think the other problem is that I've had the misfortune, um, with the great pleasure, but also misfortune of playing against Koval playing Blue Farm um, a few times now. And God, that dude is fucking good. <laughs> yeah, he beat me in my winning into top 16 for Punt City 2, and it was a handy win that he had. It was great. Yeah, very good player. For me, it's at a one. I think Tim Necrom is the best deck in the format. Thus, I think it's the scariest deck in the format. Everything that Grixis does, it does but just a little bit more strength. Uh, the addition of Intuition and Savine's Reclamation, as well as like Silence and Grand Abolisher, make the deck just so. Pro- it just it makes such safe, protected wins all the time. So I, I lose to this deck a lot. It's any player I feel like can do very well with this deck. So that also makes it scary. That like although yes, the your skill does help you win with games with this commander. Um, it's just it's so powerful in every way. Super scary. Our next one is Tivit. Tivit. Is a six mana six six. That makes it sound not scary when you say it like <laughs> no, that. No, that's true. As yeah. that, if you if that's the end of the sentence, it's I mean, not by the time we get to me. the end of the card, you're still not going to be scared. It's <laughs> three a white and a blue and a black for a six six flying ward three three sphinx rogue. It has counsel's dilemma, and when it ETBs or deals combat damage to a player, starting with you, each player votes for evidence or bribery. It's just basically voting for treasures or clues, <laughs> and while voting, you may vote an additional time. For me, Tivit's at a five. I think Tivit is a reasonably scary deck. Uh, it dominates in the late game. It's got a lot of powerful engines. It's like a slower version of Blue Farm. I've been playing Tivit a lot recently, so I know just how good it actually is. At one point, I said this deck was not very good. I admit that I am wrong. I think that <laughs> Tivit is actually very good. The format has just 
I think it's slowed down just enough where there's so many heuristic uh, studies and the one rings and similar effects an extra engine in your command zone that can also help you in the game is super good so I'm scared when I see this commander I have Tivit at number three I am pretty scared of this commander it's uh, partly because it does have a good um, long long game plan but of course because it's still a Thoracle deck it sometimes just jams wins early um, because it runs a lot of the silence effects it's also very often able to do it in a protected way the time sieve combo is weird and sometimes um you know having having interaction after the time sieve comes down just isn't enough that happens pretty often um so i i find this one pretty challenging to play against a lot of the time yeah it just gets to play all of the the best cards in the most compact way i think because green is just not that great there's really no point in adding green to your deck right now shut the and, fuck up cameron <laughs> and if you don't want to splash the red for the just very small amount of explosive extra cards that you get like you just have the perfect control shell in esper colors with really the perfect control commander at the same time too yeah it's, it does everything it makes mana it makes cards it's a haymaker powerful card yeah definitely a very powerful deck even though the commander does not read like it should have any business doing <laughs> anything here yeah the next one we're going to talk about is anala Anal is a commander that never enters the battlefield in CEDH, really. I'm not even going to tell you it's mana cost for that reason or it's power and toughness because it has eminence. Whenever another non-token wizard enters the battlefield under your control, if Anala is in your command zone or on the battlefield, you may pay one. If you do create a token that is a copy of that wizard, it gains haste and you exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Man, I'm really, we only have three slots left and I'm really struggling yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I'm very excited about these last couple decks here and where you guys are going to put them. I haven't excluded any decks from the top 10 yet. Now I'm realizing that maybe I should have. The strategy was probably everything in the first 10 probably shouldn't be in the top 10. Here's my thing about Anala is that, uh, I think you're up, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I have put Anala as my second deck that is not scary. I think it, it can be good. It's still Grixis, so it can still present um, wins pretty easily. But the main line, um, usually, I think, um, using... Oh, dear God, Spellseeker. If you kind of coach your pod to be, like, ready for it or have people that are, are correctly identifying when the Anala player is likely to be able to present that win, I think it gets stopped pretty easily. Um, and there's, uh, there's multiple interaction points, I think, there's where you can stop it, so... I, I think I'm a little less scared of the like the like one trick pony aspect of this deck. My thoughts are very similar, actually. I am not scared of Anala. Also, um, it's just there are two other Grixis lists already here with Roxai, and I consider Timnacrom like a Grixis list, basically. Yeah. So if I'm gonna play that pile of cards, I don't want to play like a big handful of duds to make me be able to win a little bit easier. Grixis can already win pretty easy. I don't think it needs the one card combo. So I just would rather play more good cards, which means I want to play Roxai or, or Timnacrom. There are two things that scare me about Anala. Number one is its reputation. That just always makes me be on my toes for when I'm playing against Anala, which always means that I try to find some sort of interaction for Anala, which means that I've seen Anala lose more than I've seen Anala win. Yep. So 
That's true. That's true. I've seen every deck lose more than I've seen it win. I know. That's that's why I'm saying it over and over again now. That's that's my new joke. I didn't I'm get it either guy. time. Yeah. Either so time. my new character. The other thing that makes me scared of it is that I assume that the person who's playing Inala knows what they're doing with Inala, which means that they have experience with Inala. And I only say that because it's a very complicated deck, and not any not just anyone picks up Inala and decides that they want to learn how this deck goes. And I've never played a against someone's like first game with Anala either yeah. like it was Matt Sperling on the show and like yes. that's fucking terrifying <laughs> so like I I think maybe that has something to do with the pilot maybe that has something to do with again the deck's reputation but I kind of agree with you there's other Grixis decks that I now find scarier because they are just a little bit more consistent they don't play as many bad cards as Anala needs to so I think we'll see that reflected in our list yep I agree the next one is Thrasios Bruise. Man, what's the last one that we're talking about? What deck is there? So Thrasios is a green and a blue for a 1-3 that says for four mana you can scry one. And if you then reveal the top card of your library, if it's a land, you put it into play. And if not, you put it into your hand. Tapped. Thank you. Yes, tapped. The land tapped. Um, and then Bruise is two, a white, and a red for a 3-3. Three, three. And when it enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Bingo. This is another deck that could be doing a lot of different things. Most of the time, I feel like it's being a Dawn Waker deck and just trying to like be an advantage Thrasios-style deck. But it could be Blue Pod. It could be all in on like an Underworld Breach intuition kind of thing. For me, I put Thrasios Bruise at an 8 um, once upon a time, I really liked this deck. I played it a lot. I have not liked quite as much recently. It just it requires a couple too many pieces to really get going. Although the strategy is still very good and it can definitely win games. I'm just not quite as great of it as I once was. Realistically, I do. I think it might be... I, maybe it is worse. I'm not sure. It's very close to Kenrith and me in the power level of this deck and what it can do. They're very similar strategies. I'm not sure if the extra color and lack of partners is worth it or not. They're very close. But yeah, I give it a, an 8. I am nearby. I have it at 10, um, and I also have it right next to Kenrith. Um, and for me, I I heard someone recently say that it was just worse Kinnon, and, like, that's not exactly correct because, you know, the Dockside strategies, like, there's definitely, you know, there's a lot more uh, Eldritch Evolution Neoform, like, that kind of shit going on. I kind of get where they're coming from, and I don't disagree. I, I kind of I do think, like, if, if you like a creature-centric strategy, you are just missing out on the more fun version, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, Don Waker is kind of like a safer version of Kinnon. Like, Kinnon, you get to splash, like, how many fatties do you run? Like, six or seven or somewhere in that yeah, range? Yeah, like seven-ish. Like, and in and the Thrasios deck, you just, instead of playing those cards, you just play, like, Don Waker and, and not really big, flashy cards. I don't think Don Waker's actually in Ian's list, which was the original Don Waker list anymore, if I remember correctly. They might have taken it out at this point. But you still get to play smaller creatures, I would imagine. Not, yeah, the only not big, the big one, one that you play is Seedborn Muse, because yeah. that's the only one that's going to get you, like, real value over the long term. It's more of a Dockside deck is really what it is. Just like trying to find ways to find Dockside, combo with Dockside, and do Dockside things. Yeah, which is always good. You only have one good partner. Did we say that, though? That We didn't say it, but that's a very real reason why it's not quite as good. Tim Necrom has two good partners. Two good card advantage partners. Bruce is not good. No, and Thrasios is even on the downturn right now, even. Thrasios stocks are way low. <laughs> Buy Thrasios now so that when he's good you'll be a really good Thrasios player. But, um, yeah, no, not wanting to be in Thrasios, the worst card advantage partner right now, 
with no other partner that's doing anything? Come on. We have one more deck that we're going to talk about. Mm. This is Cesse Weatherlight Captain. Oh. I knew you were going to bite yourself in the ass for yeah, this one. I yeah. forgot about that one. I'm actually really pretty happy with how my list turned out, <laughs> oddly enough. So Cesse is two and a white for a 2-2 two, two legendary creature human soldier that gets plus one, plus one for each color among other legendary permanents you control. And for Wooberg, you can search your library for a legendary permanent card with CMC less than Sissé's power and put it into play. This card has so many fucking convoluted lines and so many weird-ass fucking planeswalkers and legendary creatures. So fucked up. This whole fucking deck's so fucked up. <laughs> what do you got on this one? Well, I had to put it at seven, but I, you know, I probably would have put it around seven. That's about right. Maybe even a little higher. Um, I'm reasonably scared of this deck. Um, oh, I also um, wrote Water Closet instead of Weatherlight Captain. I just want to... Because okay. I, I had to double down on, on the Soy Boy silliness. Of course, of course. Yeah. But I regret it immediately. Yeah, I don't get the water closet one. I Like, I know what a water closet uh, yeah, is, but that's why is it's she not the a good water? Joke, Cameron. I don't like it either. E either? I don't like it either, definitely. I don't like neither of the I would ways say that I, this is going. That, Cameron, either, that's just yeah. not correct. I don't like it either. All right. Well... Sisse. Um, Sisse has like a lot of not bad cards, but cards that you only want like at a certain moment. And it's just counting on tutoring those out. So I think it can probably be a weird deck to mulligan. I don't really know because I haven't piloted it, I think, ever, if I remember correctly. But I've lost to it a bunch. And I think part of the reason I've lost to it a bunch is because um, once it gets going, especially if it's on the like very untap happy version, it, it can... It can be like one one tutor and then you're just done. You're in a chain. Um, and stopping or countering activated abilities is pretty difficult. So it puts you in a position where, um, you know, you you need to be able to shut the sissy down immediately before before it starts running. And uh, so it feels like you can never empty your hand or tap out or leave no interaction up against the sissy deck, which is difficult. Yeah, I I agree. I ran out of space, so I have Sissé listed as not scary, but that's not exactly true. Um, I will say I'm not super scared of Sissé only because it runs into a similar issue that Tyam does where it has to play a bunch of bad cards, which you kind of mentioned. It has to play a bunch of Planeswalkers and weird shit that's not really good outside of the combo line, but it can win out of nowhere and all it needs is itself really to keep going. I'm pretty sure it can win off of effectively like two activations right now. Last time I checked, it was it, without the Gigantha version, it would win off just two activations. Ten mana is a ton, but it doesn't need anything else. So it's kind of like a, a Godo, five-color Godo for me. Uh, I probably would put it above Tyam, though, and put it as like a six. I think it's scarier than Tyam, scarier than Kenrith, Thrasius, Bruce, Kirk, and Atraxas. I probably shouldn't have Atraxas on this list, but... I fucking, I did what I did. That's what happens that's when what happens. we do this. Yeah, you got your asterisk above Kinnon there. Yeah. I bet that's fucking you over right that's now. That's probably fucking me over yeah. right now. Do you guys want to hear what the objectively correct list is? Yes, oh, let's sure. hear what the correct one is. All right, don't don't erase yours yet. I'm going to just mark. So oh, you're going to mark. Okay, yeah, good idea. All right, so the two decks that I have is not scary because I knew what the list was. I have Anala and Crick as the not scary decks because I'm kind of going based off of like reputation and like tournament standings and stuff like that. And those two don't come up as much as any of these other decks that we're talking about here. They're just very fast and very explosive. But if you interact with them with a gentle breeze or a smacking them with some literally anything, they're just going to fall apart. So I have them as the not scary decks. I have time as number 10. And part of the reason I have time as number 10 is again, because we don't really know much about time. 
we as like science and like all kinds of professors and scholars and shit. We as science. Yes, we don't know what Tyam does and you lose the game because of that. Oh, speak for yourself, buddy. I know what it does. No, remember, I'm the objectively correct <laughs> oh, one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Keep going. Thrasios oh, Bruise is number nine because I've really liked this deck. I've done pretty well with this deck. I've also not done very well with this deck. I don't really like this commander combination as much, but I like what the deck does and I like the cards that the deck plays. I'm still scared of it because again you don't you also don't know what all you could be doing um atraxa i have as number eight i like this color combination a little bit more than thrasios bruise which is why i have it here just because i like black a little bit more than not red. having black yeah than red if i'm gonna do this honestly and i like i like food chain a little bit too it's just extra ways to win the game I have Kenrith as number seven, again, because Kenrith could be doing literally anything. Not knowing what the deck that you're playing against is doing is very scary when you're looking for an opening hand because it could lead you to trap hands. Kenrith's definitely a seven. Like in the world of CDH, so that kind of makes sense. It's, yeah. it's a seven. It's a solid seven, yeah. <laughs> it's not as good. I have Sisse Weatherlight Captain at number six, again, because there's times where I don't really know what this deck is doing. That's where I would have put it yeah. had, had I thought. Also, like, I've lost to it just getting to fairy, and then you can't respond, and then you just oh, lose yeah. the game there. So, like, being able to sneak stuff in like that is really good. I have Tivit at number five, because the deck is very powerful, even though the commander is kind of poopy, but it still wins tournaments, so I can't really disrespect it. I have Najila at number four, because even though I'm kind of underrating Najila a little bit right now, I still got to respect the queen. She's very powerful and can win games out of nowhere. Um, I have Kinnan as number three. I think that's just because I'm a little bit skewed and play against Kinnan a lot, and I've, I've lost the Kinnan a lot and really focus in on Kinnan when I play against Kinnan now, so it's definitely something I overvalue because I'm scared yeah, of I it. I know you guys do, and like this is starting to happen with other people now too where I feel like it's it's got the like the like like crosshairs on it. Like People are like, oh, Kinnan, that's a really scary deck. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've lost Stop the Don't listen that. to Tyler. Don't listen to Tyler. That's how we lose games. <laughs> Rogs, I, I have as number two. You just got to respect this combination it's like the fastest deck in the format but can consistently put up wins and unlike crick has blue in it and unlike anala plays good cards um and then i have tim necrom blue farm as number one uh just i think it's the best deck in the format so i'm always gonna respect it five how many did you get oh those are the ones that are exactly on yeah i well i didn't grade myself that way how many did you i get? gave myself a check mark if i was within one slot of of cameron's i gave myself a little wiggly like the the like approximately equal to sign if i was within two slots of cameron's that's funny because i gave you a X. frowny face for every time that you got something wrong and i gave you a smiley face every time you got what the something fuck is right. our rating system can you go over it one more and see which ones he got right out of these yeah. okay so rog and blue farm are wrong they're f Flopped. I was within one, but it's that not, is, it's but not, it's right. not right. objectively yeah. correct. Tivet is not where it's supposed to be. Neither is Crick. Your Crick's way too high. <laughs> I wasn't on the same spot on anyone. Your, I don't your think. Your Crick's way too way high. too high. Yeah. Uh, Najila, I have Najila at four. You have it at five. That's close. Uh, we're oh, now close is good enough. No, it that's where it's I had a point. No, I'm just point. saying that it's close. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not saying that you got it. So that was your number six. Number seven, see, that's another one that's close, but no cigar. Kinnan, nope, not there. Tyam, nope. Thrasios Brews, again, close, but no cigar. Dude, you got it all wrong. 
You got it all wrong. I don't think we're playing the same CDH, man. I feel like Tyler also probably wins a lot I, more than we do. I, I, I got it. We're probably like, wrong. like Dylan has to say is a not scary deck, and I got it all wrong. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah all no, wrong. you were definitely wrong. Yeah, more. there's no. I got five. Close is only in horseshoes and hand grenades. Isn't that what they say? Uh, yeah, um, that's yeah, that's what they say. Nice. All right. Well, at least I got that right. Look at you. It's just like you caught your first fish, and we're trying to get a photo with it. Thanks so much for watching. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon, like our $100 patrons. Mark Cirillo, Rooney, Zachary Nelson, she doesn't even go here. Joey Aarons, SoCal Acura, Stormageddon, Cool Bean Man, Luke Cook, AJ Alwasibi, Kylock, Demon of Rosgrees, Uncle Butts, Quadja A. Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby Frickin' Jeebus. If you want to pick up any merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Huge thank you to our sponsor, Dragon Shield. Go check out the affiliate link down below to help support the show. And you can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and the Instagrams for more content. Thanks for watching. See you next time. I was right. Also listening. Or listening. I'm going to try to do them in one breath. Jabaha, Dalton Ponte, Katana, Fitcher, Stat, Justin Mancello, Mott, Lev, Pedro, Jacob, that Michael Ballou, Jan, Wild Thing, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, and David Nelson. Still good? You heard that little beep, I think. I did hear, you did a, hear beep. a beep. Okay. I heard the beep, yes. Are we good? Yes, let's do this. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.